0: But what I know is that, you know, there is such a thing as called a divine timing. And maybe it's somebody who's actually lost hope on their dreams. And, you know, I want to let you know that there's always possibility, right? There is always the possibility of resurrecting your dream.
1: Hey, I'm Jade Ellison, a multi-passionate creative based out of New York City who's obsessed with personal development and anything business, from marketing, branding, creating online programs to launches, and helping you step into your true self so that you can share your gifts with the world. Gain insights with manifesting, creating life on purpose, and get ready to elevate yourself in ways that will surprise even you. Included in your weekly dose of inspiration, get ready to be entertained, uplifted, and encouraged to take action with simple and easy-to-apply tips, tools, and strategies that fit into your busy daily life, sprinkled with some woo-woo along the way. From embracing your confidence to mastering success habits, setting achievable goals, and ways to harness positive mindsets and beliefs so that you can kick self-doubt and your inner critic to the curb where they belong. Whatever's on the topic call sheet, I'll help you navigate the raw, messy, and sometimes hilarious truths of achieving success, abundance, and happiness, all while encouraging you to become the best version of yourself. So think of me as your go-to girlfriend, talking over some coffee, getting real, and giving you some amazing advice to go from hot mess to thriving success. This is the Uber Savvy Life & Biz Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the uber savvy life and biz podcast, where together we'll unlock your true potential to design the life and business of your dreams. I'm your host, Jade Ellison. And today we have a super special guest, Susan Goodrich, who is an incredible transformational coach. Susan, it is so awesome to have you on the show.
0: Hi, Jade. It is such an honor and a pleasure to be here. A privilege, really. I am so excited to be here to share with you as always, how we love to talk. (laughs) And for this opportunity to share some of my stuff with you and your audience. Absolutely. I'm really
1: excited about that. I'm so excited about that. So Susan is a brilliant, beautiful, radiant, amazing transformational coach, but she wasn't always that way. At one time, she lacked the confidence to step into the spotlight And she considered herself dull and unlovable and unworthy and alone. And Susan, I have been there. I know our listeners have gone through that at some point in their life. And that's why it's incredible to have these amazing connections and relationships because it brings us together and it makes us realize that we're not alone. And through her life experiences and the transformational coaching and training that she's both experienced and studied. She became confident and connected, feeling safe enough to own her own beauty, brilliance, and radiance, and that is the Susan that we see and have the privilege to also be with in her presence today. Susan is now helping others to live a life that's filled with confidence and connection to step in and claim their own beauty, brilliance, and radiance, and a life that they have longed for. She's a master manifester, a mother of twin boys. An entrepreneur of 25 years, a program designer of three decades, and now she has her own Dream Formula program, which is delivered as a one-on-one coaching program guiding both men and women to embrace their dream life. That is so incredible, and I can't wait to jump into more with Susan in this episode. But before jumping in, if you would like weekly inspiration and would like to stay updated when I release these new episodes Go to jadeellison.com and sign up for the VIP Insider List where you'll get access to your Empowered Morning Mindset Checklist, a super free download that you'll get just for signing up, which will give you your ultimate caffeine-free boost to supercharge your morning for success. So Susan, it is so great to have you. I've known you for the past, oh my goodness, three years? How many years have I known you? I
0: think it's been three. Yeah, it's- I'm pretty sure it's been three.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And it's always been such a pleasure to be, connect with you. I just, yeah, soulmate. <laughs> we are. We're soul, soul sisters.
1: We truly are soul sisters. Susan and I met about when the world was closed, I had joined an online community for female entrepreneurs who are both creative and spiritual. And I was so happy to connect with Susan. We immediately had that energetic connection and we began hosting our own online workshops based on the community's guidance. And she had attended a few of my workshops. I have attended a few of her workshops. And ever since then it's just been this beautiful intertwining of collaboration and community. Whenever we get a chance to work together. I was so excited when she said that she would love to be a guest on the podcast. So Susan, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your story and that amazing Dream Formula program?
0: Oh, well, thank you for this. This is such a great opportunity for me. Thank you. So a little bit about my story and Jade's just kind of already like in my bio, we talk a little bit about that. Yes, I am a mom. So that's kind of the giveaway. But as a really young girl, I lived in a family that was kind of divided. You know, there were, I had a mother and a father and a sister and my parents fought a lot and I never really felt like I was alone. I was my daddy's little girl. And what happened was that, you know, his way of surviving the fighting was to not be at home. So I felt like I was alone most of the time and I didn't really feel like I belonged in that family. However, We would go to my grandparents and at Christmas time, my aunt and uncle and my three cousins would come and my, you know, be my sister and I and my parents and my grandparents. And so there'd be like five kids and six adults and the adults would have so much fun. You could hear them in the, you know, in the evening, you know, drinking their rye whiskey and playing cards and laughing and joking. And they were always having such a good time. And us kids, well, there was a playroom just off the dining room. And all five of us would go into the playroom where all the toys were. And I remember this stuffed monkey that we had. I love monkeys. Named Bungo. And Bungo Mungo? Bungo had a smile from ear to ear, the funniest face, you know. So it was always a lot of fun, you know, kibitzing about, you know, whose turn it was to have Bungo. And, and we just always had a lot of fun. And in the kitchen, you'd always... My grandmother was always in there. It was always buzzing away. Wow. In Christmas dinner, you could smell the turkey mm-hmm. right through the whole house, right? The, it was the aroma of turkey. But when you would actually enter the kitchen, in the kitchen, there would be sausages sizzling on the stove. And those sausages were to secure my grandfather's favorite with his turkey. Like It was a tradition for him.
1: Was it like sausage stuffing or just like a separate side dish for your grandfather?
0: No, a separate side dish. And they were these little tiny sausages. I don't even know. I don't even think I've ever seen them since. He always had to have these little sausages next to his, you know, his turkey. And my grandmother made was the greatest baker. Amazing. Oh, she always baked. What was your favorite that she made? She made, well, I think she, to this day, I have yet to taste... Chocolate chip cookies, the way she made them. Seriously? They, and she served them to us warm out of the oven. They would be soft and chewy. And of course the sweet chocolate would just melt in your mouth. That sounds, I want a chocolate chip cookie right now. <laughs> From your grandma. And her recipe, did she leave the recipe for you? I haven't been able to find it. I don't know if anybody has it. I have tried to recreate it. I've asked my aunt and- Nobody seems to have it. So I don't know what her secret ingredient was. Oh my goodness. No, it was probably some sort of shortening or something she did from the Canada Starch Company because that's who my grandfather worked for. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah, probably had maple syrup in it or, or corn syrup in it or something. All of that sounds amazing. When
1: I, I've been to Canada, I've been to Toronto, Montreal and what's, what's Niagara Falls by? Niagara
0: Falls. Yeah. Well, there's... It's Niagara Falls. That's not Toronto. They, yeah, it is Niagara Falls. There's one on the U.S. side and one on the Canadian side. I remember standing on both sides.
1: But what I do remember is that Canada has the most incredible dairy. And I feel like you don't even need organic food up there. It's all organic because you probably have a better farming system than we do down in the States. And the butter is just off the charts. I mean, so I'm sure it's all your incredible ingredients on top of your grandmother's secret recipe. But go on, please share more. So you'd have these incredible interactions at Christmas. This I could just see it all and seeing you play off the side
0: and playing with Bungo or Mungo? Bungo, yeah, with a B. Bungo. Bungo with a B. I love monkeys. And yeah, so... Yeah, it was it was such a fabulous time and I had so much fun and I really felt like I belonged there, you know, like I it didn't and everybody was having such a good time. Yeah. And I made up my mind. I think I was eight. I was around the age of eight. I decided that I wanted to have five kids. I wanted to grow up and have five children, you know, a husband, two sets of grandparents, and that would make the magic number of 11, which is what we were. I always thought the perfect family would be the number 11, but I really just longed to be in a place where I felt I was loved and I belonged, and I was connected.
1: And the number 11 is, I'm not surprised that you wanted to have an 11 number of a family. That's a divine number. That's actually a master number in numerology and you're so divinely connected with your energy,
0: so... So you knew that at eight. That's amazing. So please share more. So in my 20s, you know, I was living with this this man. We weren't married, but we were living together. And I actually thought he was going to be the man I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And we would, we had, we worked in the same industry. So we had lots of common friends. So we had a lot of mutual friends and we did a lot of activities, mutual activities together. And I really had a great time. And then on Sundays, we would go and do the family thing at his parents, right? I would be in the kitchen with his his mom. You could smell the roast beef coming from cooking in the oven. And she and I were trying to plan how to make these Yorkshire puddings get bigger. You know, every time we made them, we wanted them to be puffier. And in the next room was, he was with his brother and his sister-in-law. And then by the fireplace... Where his, usually you would find his little nephews, his two little nephews. And I felt like, oh, life was really good. But there was something missing, right? There was something missing for me. And then I realized, oh, my dream, right? I always wanted to have five kids. Or at least I wanted to have this, you know, this magic number of 11. And so I went off the pill to prepare for pregnancy. Okay. In your 20s? In my 20s. Yeah. And then what I realized, he he was married to the bottle. Oh. He never came home for dinner. And he would come home at the oddest hours, who knows from where. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I realized he was not the man that I wanted to have my family with. Wow. So I packed up my things and I left. And then... How long were you together Four years. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. too To invest into a relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I would have another relationship and it wouldn't kind of come together and another one and another one and another one. And then by the time I was 38, I had one more relationship and I, oh, this is going to be it. Oh, but then he decided, nope, that wasn't it. And I really believed that at that point that my biological clock had run out and I was never going to have this family that I had dreamed of. So I basically buried that dream. Oh, God. I buried that dream. But I had work. It was my purpose. Mm -hmm. I started a business. Amazing. You know, I was pretty successful in my business and I had an old Victorian house what business did you start then? I worked in software. I did software training mm-hmm. and instructional design. So I designed training material. Cool. cool. In the engineering world, very head-like. Right. Very detached from my body. <laughs> so like analytical and the opposite
1: of <laughs> the intuitive, like spiritual connection, right? Yeah. Because you had to be aligned to know the analytical, but go on.
0: Yeah. There, and and there always had been, you know, like since my mid thirties, there would always been this calling, right? I felt this calling and I didn't know what it was. And I was introduced to Jungian analysis through this last, that last man that I had dated. So because I mourned the idea of having a family, what I did was I put my energy into my work. I see. Right. That's what I did. And I actually started a business after having worked inside another engineering company for seven years. And so I stepped out into my own and I was pretty successful. And I worked at it as it was my purpose. Amazing. And then I had bought an old Victorian house that was really beat up. And I spent a lot of time restoring it. And that actually was a dream I'd had since I was a teenager. I really wanted to do historical restoration. And then. Around my 52nd birthday, I got a phone call from a friend of mine.
1: So you were doing your business from like 40 to 50. That was all working on like...
0: Yeah, I had started it in my 40s. Yes. Wow, wow, cool. That's cool. And so around my 52nd birthday, this friend of mine called me and she was someone that I had known through some spiritual women's groups because I had really connected, you know, To my divine. And I was doing some of that work. And she had shared a while ago that she was going to adopt. Amazing. And she had adopted this one-year-old baby from China, a baby girl. And I had helped her, you know, kind of with this, with her child. Like I helped prepare because I knew, you know, that she needed some help. So I gave her some help. How old was she when she adopted? I believe she was about 48 or 49. Wow. God bless. That is, that's amazing.
1: Because I haven't had the opportunity to have kids. And, you know, I'm at an age where I would need external help if I did. And you're just sharing all this incredible stuff to give me hope. And for anyone who's listening, who might be going through that as well to have hope. So she was, 48 When she adopted an adorable
0: Asian little girl or boy? Girl. Oh my God. And she was on her own. She was actually single. Wow. And I thought, wow, if she can do that, I should be able to do something like that. But then I thought, oh no, because my family didn't really support the idea of having children. It wasn't sort of something that, you know, my parents didn't, nobody in my family said, when are you gonna get married? When are you gonna have kids? That wasn't ever, you know, it wasn't something that was really valued in our family. Right. What was valued was education and money and appearance and and golf <laughs> and golf. <laughs> so that was that's what they valued. So as long as I was making money and I had a home and I, you know, appeared like I was doing well, I was, you know, good in their eyes. I no one ever encouraged me. And I thought. Well, maybe it was because I didn't think that I was good enough to be a mother. Wow. That was kind of what I thought. But when I had helped this friend of mine out, right, when I was helping her out and I saw her doing it, I thought, yeah, I can do that. I could do something like that. But I was in my 50s. In fact, yeah, so I was in my 50s. And so what happened was around my 52nd birthday, she called me and she said to me, she said, you can still be a mom. And I was like, nobody ever said I could be a mom. <laughs> but it, it kind of shook me up. She had just had dinner with some friends of, of friends who had adopted a 10-year-old. Wow. And I thought, wow. Not that I was looking at a 10-year-old, but right, right. You know, maybe three-year-old or something. Okay. Something just, you know, sort of rang. And so I started my process through adoption. You know, I went to a few adoption things. there. Just happened to be an adoption conference happening that next month. So I went to that and I was a little concerned that something just didn't fit right. And I, so I had a conversation with a friend of mine who said, cause the only children that were ready for adoption were waiting, what they called waiting children. And most of these children were handicapped, right? Right. Right. Or, you know, they had autism or they had, you know, a lot of them come from really dysfunctional families. Yeah. And I was single, right? So I was doing this kind of on my own. And so I had a conversation with a friend of mine who said, you know, when, if you were to adopt a special needs child, you wouldn't be able to just hire the babysitter down the block. You wouldn't be able to, you know, just get up and go whenever you needed, right? It would require a lot more of you. So that was kind of weighed heavy on my mind. But then a few days later I woke up because I was so in alignment. In fact, I was doing experiential sound work. During this process, what's experiential sound work? Well, it's where we we would gather and you would we sometimes we would sound together and sound is not like singing, it's just what is the what is that guttural sound that wants to come out of your body, right?
1: Yeah, I've been in movement and vocal classes from acting and speaking. So I know what you're talking about, totally.
0: (laughs) So we were doing some experiential work. And what I coined was learning to listen with your heart, because then we would take turns sounding, and then the rest of us would reflect back what we heard. Neat, neat. And it was, you know, like, what did we see? What did we feel? And that was like That's one of those really powerful ways of learning to listen. Absolutely. Right. Because there's like three levels of listening and, you know, right. So this deep listening where we're not using our heads, we're having to use our bodies. Right. So it really brings us into our body. So I've had, I was tuned in, like I was just aligned and tuned. And was that when you had the inspiration? Yeah. So I woke up, you know, like a couple of days after that conversation I had with that fellow And shared about the special needs children. And I woke up and I heard this little voice, you know, we call that clairvoyance. And I heard this little voice and it said, you've always wanted a baby of your own. And I was like, oh yeah. And that reminded me that, you know, on the adoption papers, like it said, have you ever tried IVF? And I was like, well, why would I do that? Wasn't even, hadn't even crossed my mind. But this little voice, seriously, that was never a thought. What's that? That was never thought to do that? Any No. Wow. Because I was thinking I was adopting. It wasn't the possibility of having a child of my own. It wasn't anywhere in my, you know, vision, my thought process. And so when I heard this little voice that said, you've always wanted a baby of your own, I was like, oh, what's that all about? <laughs> and a few days later, I woke up and another little voice said, you need to get your body ready. And I was like, I didn't even know you needed to get your body ready for pregnancy. Wow. Wow! Yeah. Other than going off the pill. But I wasn't been off the pill for like decades at that point. Right. And so I started my journey. I just started my journey. And nine months from the day that I had that phone call from that friend of mine who, you know, said I could still be a mom. Right. I implanted two embryos in my womb. And 9 months later I gave birth to two happy healthy handsome twin boys. They're now 14. So I'm 60 step and they just had a birthday. Yeah, and they just had a birthday. And I'm 67, so I am living proof. Wow. That dreams. It's never too late to make your dreams come true. I'm getting major goosebumps
1: right now. I could I'm like welling up with tears because this is First of all, that's so beautiful how much you've always wanted to have a family of your own from eight years old. You knew that just being around the family dinners for Christmas and all the memories that you had and then your journey. And then now you have two amazing 14-year-old twins and you said you're 67. There's no way, Susan. You look like look like 15 years younger. Are you serious? My goodness. What's youth?
0: Yeah. Well, i will be playing pickleball with my 93 year old mother later today. So that's amazing. I come by it. That's amazing. Pickleball. What is pickleball? It's like tennis, but it's the court is a little bit smaller. Yes. And the rules are a little bit different. That's very popular. Yeah,
1: I know. And I love it. I love it. It's becoming more popular. I see it a lot. There's like adult field days at a park and they all have these like t-shirts and we're like, what are you all doing? And there's people playing soccer and kickball and volleyball and pickleball. But you reminded me what pickleball is because I'm like, there's way too many people in this tennis court right now. and They're just all like playing pickleball. It's
0: incredible. So you have two 14 year old boys. Do they play sports? They're not big on sports. They're a little addicted to their computers. But when their friends come over, and sometimes I have six kids in the house. So, and don't you have pets? Yeah. And I have two cats. And you have two cats? Yes, I have two cats and two kids. Yep. That's
1: amazing. That's amazing.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when they're birthday parties, we always have, you know, they always. we usually do it at my mom's because she has a pool in her backyard and so you know, they always have their friends over and then my cousins come and you know, so we have that, those family gatherings. So it's- That's incredible. Yeah, I get to have that. And I even used to create that like at Christmas time because when I was, I was living in Toronto when I had my children and what happened was that I was alone. I'm like, wait a minute. I had nannies, but that wasn't enough. Like when they were six months old, I had to, I couldn't put them down by myself, right? I couldn't put them to bed by myself because they would cry, right? You'd pick up one, I would cry and pick up another. and Right. So I ended up going to neighbors, knocking on doors and stuff because people had said when I was pregnant, if you ever need any help. So I was calling in the card. Right, exactly. Good, good. And I had a couple of, I actually had like three families that became part of our family. And so Christmas Always and birthdays were always celebrated with all of these people, so that, yeah, so I got to have my family that way. that is
1: such an incredible, yeah, I want to call it like because you were my every time I see a butterfly, so when Susan and I met a couple of years ago, she had said how she loves butterflies, and she had a program back then that she was doing where she was formulating this experience for her clients and now I believe it blossomed into the dream formula program, which is what Susan had shared in the beginning. So I know that you have eight keys to more love, abundance and happiness. Do you think that maybe you could share a few of those keys, maybe like three of those keys for our listeners to step into realizing that it's never too late, no matter where they are in their journey, that A dream is a dream, and until it comes true, and this is a miracle and beautiful expression of a true dream coming true for Susan, having her incredible twin boys who are 14, that is amazing. Do you have, like, three keys that you can share with our listeners today? Absolutely, I do. I have three. And share before you jumping in who
0: this particular program would be for as well. So... This would be for people who can't get traction on their dreams, maybe they've tried everything, and they're just it's just not happening for them, or maybe there's somebody who had a dream like I did, like when I was a kid, right? I had this dream, but over the years it kinda I just gave up on, and I buried it. it just wasn't the right time. But what I know is that you know there is such a thing as called a divine timing, and maybe it's somebody who's actually lost hope on their dreams and You know, I want to let you know that there's always possibility, right? There is always the possibility of resurrecting your dream. So the three keys I want to share, these are part of my eight keys. I have another program that I'm, or a little workshop I'm going to offer at the end of this. And it's called the eight keys to more love, abundance and happiness. And what I've recognized that these are the same eight keys that my rock star clients have called their qualities that they have, and they get real traction on their dreams. But if you don't have these, these are the things that, you know, cause your dreams to kind of, you kind of go
1: south. Like start and stop and start and stop, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the three keys are, first of all, you want to be able to share your dream with the right people. You don't want to keep it a secret, right? you want to make sure to tell the right people. So I shared my dream. I shared my dream when I was younger with my grandmother, that I wanted to have five children. And my grandmother said to me, you know, she had five grandchildren, right? She had two kids, five grandchildren. She was like my best friend. And I shared this dream with her. And she said, why would you want to bring children into this world? It's such a horrible place. Oh. So." I know. And so my dream kind of got crushed. It was like the one person I thought that was going to support me. And I, I experienced this several times in my life. So when you share it with, you have to really know who your team is. Exactly. Right. And that's where it's really important to have the right people holding your back, those who have no judgment. I mean, yes, I know the group of people that I was doing the sound, experiential sound work. And I actually had another small group that we just would get together and share our dreams, but it has to be with the right people. Amazing.
1: Amazing. So that actually brings us to the middle of our episode. If you're enjoying this episode, if you could share it with three friends who may be going through a personal experience that's similar to what Susan is sharing, or just wanting to reach for a dream that has possibly shared it with the wrong people that need that support. Make sure you share it with them because you never know who it could uplift. And also, if you could please rate the show five stars on the podcast listening app that you're on right now, it truly helps get in front of more like-minded individuals like yourself. And don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode so that you could find out ways to stay connected with Susan. So Susan, what are the other two ways for the dream life formula to step into your dreams?
0: So the next key is commit to your dreams. In my case, it was dust off my dream and recommit to my dream because I had dropped it, right? I had to dust it off. Right. And it's so important to nurture it every day. And for me, it's about being in the state of And that's a big piece that I coach on. But it is so important that we commit to it. And I know Jade's morning routine can help you do that, right? Like that that's what I do every morning, right? I recommit to my dreams.
1: So what do you do yourself to recommit to your dreams in the morning? I think that's really beautiful.
0: Well, I always get up extra early. And I even after my kids were born, I still did this. I got up before they did which is really not a problem anymore because they're teenagers and they sleep till the afternoon. But I <laughs> but I get up every morning and I have a candle that I light and, you know, to help me connect, to remind me. And I burn some sage to clear. I ring my Tibetan bells. So I set the stage and I actually have a list of what they are. And so I read them. But then I also, what I feel is the most powerful thing is to stand in the energy of being in that dream, living that dream. I love that. And taking the time to be in the energy of that, in the, what I'll call the state of. And that's something that I really like to help people do is to really get into the state of being in their dream. Beautiful. But I also have a a secret weapon that I can follow my secret weapon. It's a clipboard. And on my clipboard, whatever my dream is or whatever I'm working on, it has the outline of what my next steps are. And so, and then I write, I journal about how that's going to feel. So these are really important things that I do in the morning.
1: That is brilliant. And I share that with the listeners all the time about going for your dreams, but it's not just the A to Z process. It's about sitting in the energy like Susan sharing and feeling the fullness of it, and actually writing out how it would feel. Susan, that is gold right there. And anyone tuning in, I would highly suggest to do that and look in the show notes for ways to connect with Susan, because this is really, really helpful, especially for me, who knows about manifesting and who knows about dreams and stepping into ways to create them and make them a reality. It's that feeling, which is going to make the difference of the dream coming true in a more swift, effortless, beautiful way than trying to shove a circle into a square because it's not about, I have a dream. I'm going to make it happen. It's about, I have a dream. How can I allow it to happen? And you allow it to happen through aligning with your emotions and your feelings. So that was really beautiful, Susan. So what would you share as the third key?
0: So the third key is to live a life with an open heart. That's what I call it. And what living like life with an open heart looks like is a life of truth. And I have a couple of acronyms that I use to shift from living a false life to living a life of truth. And so if you'd like, I could share even more about what each of those are. Would you like to hear more about? Sure. What? Okay. So a false life looks like this. So F stands for fear, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're, we're living a false life, we're actually in fear. And A stands for anxiety, right? Our body's anxious. You know, you might find yourself procrastinating or running around in circles or, you know, <laughs> Definitely not focusing on what it is that you want to be focusing on. You lack, right? You're in the energy or the state of lack. Mm. You're in that place where you're going, I don't have enough or I'm not enough, something like that. And the S stands for secrets. So you've kept your dream a secret. Right. And your secret can sometimes be, your dream even can be shrouded in shame. And at some point I may share my shame story, but I won't be doing that here today. And then the last one, E, is empty, it stands for empty. So when you are feeling empty, when you're not on purpose, right, you're feeling really empty. So when you're living a light, a false life, you're probably in fear, you're feeling anxious, you think that there's not enough, right? They're, you're not telling your what your desires are to anyone, your secrets, you're keeping them secrets. And you don't feel like you're, you know, life feels like there's something missing. Wow. wow. But when you're living a life of truth, the first letter T stands for trust. And trust is really about trusting in yourself. And it's having a trusting relationship with, I'll use the word divine, right? An intelligence that's greater than yourself. And I have a whole program that I do just on that. This is my favorite thing to do. And it's the second step in my eight steps to lasting transformation seem to have a number eight going on here a lot t stands for trust r stands for rejuvenated Mm. not just restored but rejuvenated you know where you have enthusiasm you're excited about you're being pulled forward by your dream u stands for unlimited resources because when you can connect with your infinite intelligence trusting in the divine energy, you actually have unlimited resources. You can step into that quantum field, right? Where every possibility exists. I mean, that's the truth. When you're in that energy of living with an open heart, right? That's what it feels like. T stands for tell your story, tell your secrets, tell your, to the right people, right? To your right, the right group. I love that. And H stands for higher purpose, could stand for happiness because you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. But when you are serving with your passions, your values, your gifts, and you're serving it to the right people, you will feel full. You will no longer feel empty. So if you'll notice that we can go from fear to trust, we go from anxiety to rejuvenated. And I have some tools that I help people bring their bodies back online so that they can feel like that, right? And how to shift from lack to unlimited resources, from keeping your secrets to telling your stories, your dreams and your desires, and from being empty to being, serving a higher purpose. So that's what it looks like when we're living with an open heart. That was so,
1: so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love those acronyms and I... I'm excited to listen to our episode again so I could write them down and put it on a post-it for myself because that is so powerful. And I would love to leave our listeners with an incredible quote that is so perfect for this episode with you, Susan. Follow your deepest dream, the one you had as a kid, but stay focused. Donal Logue. That's perfect. It's a beautiful quote, right? That's beautiful. So just to recap on our incredible guest today Susan Goodrich an beautiful open-hearted amazing transformational coach she shared her incredible life journey of having a dream to have a family and at the beautiful young age of 52 was brave enough to step into listening to her intuition to her heart and Going for that dream because she had that boost, that nudge just from the right person and stepping into having two twin boys of her own at 14 years old and her very young 67 self. Oh my goodness. If you see this video, this beautiful butterfly looks like she's in her early fifties still. And she shared three of her eight keys from her dream formula program. And one was to never give up on your dream to share it with the right people. The second was to commit. However, if you have lost traction from those dreams, just dust them off and recommit like Susan has. And the last one was to live life with an open heart, move from false beliefs to a life of truth. So... Susan, thank you so much for gifting our wonderful guests with your presence. Thank you. It was so incredible to have Susan with us today. If you would like to learn more about how you could work with her, check out the links in the show notes and an upcoming program that she has to offer you. And that's eight keys to more love, abundance, and happiness. Susan, it was so amazing to have you. Oh, well, thank you for this. Thank you so much for tuning in to the uber savvy life and biz podcast. That was awesome. We appreciate you stay committed to your vision, take consistent action and know that great things are on the other side of that door because remember only you hold the key to unlock your dream life. So why not start today? I'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Can I just say you're awesome. You just finished an episode of the Uber Savvy Life and Biz podcast. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a nice review and rate it five stars if you found it helpful. But if not, please don't rate it four stars. Just ignore this part. However, if you did like it, make sure you share it with a friend who may find some value in the topics discussed today. Be sure to share it with them because you never know who you could uplift. Also, if you want more, check out the show notes in the description, which would include any links that may have been mentioned in this episode. You're still listening? Are you waiting for a blooper reel? That'd be a really fun idea to throw in the times. But seriously, are you tired of foggy mornings? Go to jadeellison.com to grab your ultimate caffeine-free boost to supercharge your mornings for success. That's right, your empowered morning mindset checklist. Y'all great day is just a thought away.
0: Because you know, you and I can talk about anything, right? <laughs> And it can take us anywhere, because I know, I know. that's who we are, right? As we channel, and then it just, you know. Absolutely. But it was these words, because Jean Houston, I don't know if you know her work, but she, she's, uh, I'm about two degrees of separation from her, and she actually had met Albert Einstein when she was a kid. So I feel like I'm three degrees from separation from Albert Einstein. <laughs> that's yeah it is insane
1: oh my goodness
0: and I remember her you uni- I literally what's that go ahead. go ahead so I remember her you know like saying talking about these words the evolutionary impulse to create and I read it in this book I was reading about relationships the other day and I was like oh yeah because it really is about, like, like, there's a third entity that gets created in relationship, even within ourselves. It's so it's powerful. like that. Yeah. So I have all these things. I've got these four, it's these four mm. pillars of relationship and the, the six rights that don't come online or the nine saboteurs or the 13 archetypes or the 26 identities. I mean, I've studied it so much. I'm like, Oh my gosh! I can see the patterns when they come in, and I have the tools and the processes to help people just step through this stuff really quickly. Like, like, like I can see where they need to do their practices. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm. It's just, it's exciting. That's it's awesome. Exciting.
1: That's like using your intuition. And when you said the thing about there's like that third entity or that third energy that comes in in a relationship, I have the divine triangle in my book but we all interpret it differently and it's kind of like that divine connection like you the relationship and divinity that's holding us together which is beautiful